Shalom Mishpocha. Shalom family. Mishpocha is a Hebrew word. It means family. <laughs> We're the Mishpocha, the family with the Jewish heart, made up of Jewish and non-Jewish people, where the middle wall of separation between Jew and Gentile finally come down to form one new man, one new humanity, getting ready, Mishpocha, to blow the grandest shofar or the grandest trumpet in Zion. We want everyone everywhere to hear the good news. We want everyone everywhere to be red hot for the Messiah. Dr. Randy Clark is on the telephone. He's uh, sitting uh, outside in, uh, in his home in uh, Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania. Uh, and for those that aren't familiar with Dr. Randy Clark, uh, he, he's the guy that went to a little storefront on January 20th, 1994, and that little storefront church turned in uh, to the Toronto uh, outpouring that is uh, I, th- I think I've heard that that lo- was the longest-standing revival in North America. Is that right, Randy? That's correct. It went six nights a week for 12 and a half years, the longest protracted meeting in North American history. Uh, you told me something that absolutely got me excited. Uh, when you were on TV with us, uh, we air, of course, in London, and a woman was watching you on television with us in London, and what happened? Well, when we came to the time of impartation, the power of God came on her. She fell out of her chair, fell into the floor, onto the floor, and uh, couldn't move. And she was there for hours. Her husband gets home, sees her in that state, thinks she's had a heart attack or a stroke or something, is scared. She can't communicate to him yet. She, he calls an ambulance. They take her to the hospital. And once she's at the hospital, then finally... The Spirit of God lifts off of her enough that she can communicate, and there's nothing wrong with her. And that just blew me away when, when, I, when I got that information. And I, one other, and I didn't tell you about, uh, Sid was uh, talking about the power of impartation over TV or radio. In uh, uh, several months ago, the person actually we ended up hiring the father of this boy uh, in, in one of our positions at the, in our ministry, but uh, his boy was seven years old. And I was speaking on television, and he, uh, the boy's watching it at seven. He gets slain in the spirit. He's lying there, and uh, you know he, he can't get up. And he gets he's, he's there for several hours. And uh, he told his parents, "I'm hungry. Bring me something." And uh, but anyway, he was. Uh, he said to his dad, Dad, I don't know what happened, but whatever that man is talking about, it jumped through the TV and got on me. <laughs> wow. But you know what, Randy? That's what I think television was created for. I don't think we've even grasped the power that God has put before us with being able to go on a compu- in someone's computer or their iPhone or television with the power of God. Could you imagine if 2,000 years ago Jesus had uh, the iPhones to work with and, and prayed a prayer of impartation? <laughs> yeah, it had been amazing. But, but that's where we're at right now. In fact, you and I were talking just before we went on the air, uh, and I, I said, Randy, uh, what do you see 
I mean, most prophets see uh, a great awakening coming. They see a lot of shaking, but they see a great awakening coming. I choose uh, to focus on the great awakening personally. Uh, But describe to me what you believe with every fiber of your being, what is almost upon us, if not upon us now. I believe, Sid, that, that there's going to be a move of God, and it's already started, actually, in different countries. I believe it's going to come here, too, where the, the people are just being touched. There's going to be a lot of healing in it. There's going to be miracles in it. There's going to be people set free of uh, demonic oppression in it. Um, and it's going to be the uh, accompanying of the seeing the signs and wonders, seeing the healings. is going to cause people's hearts to be softened. I see this a lot. And, uh, and come to the Lord. Uh, I know since Toronto, we saw a million people come through Heidi Baker's ministry to the Lord when she, after she was touched, and Leigh Petlin, after he was touched, as a million people uh, came to the Lord through him in Pakistan. Now, now, we, yeah, this is so powerful, Randy. I, I want to make sure everyone gets this. Uh, Randy lays hands on two people. Through these two people, a million-plus people have come to the Lord uh, as a matter of fact, I, I, I remember listening this, and I've, I've interviewed her, Heidi Baker in Mozambique. Uh, when she got back after her impartation, she had about a dozen uh, elders or so, and she laid hands on them, and every one of them carried the impartation. And, and, and you say it's what? It's over a million have come to the Lord through them. Just, just through Heidi, and another million is, is, is actually a million each, a million through Leif. That's two million, and then I prayed for a church in uh, Kiev, and Henry Madava is a pastor of a great church there, several thousand people. They have had over a million uh, since we went there in 99, and uh, uh, a lot of my friends as were touching the same move of God. There's like scores of thousands at Cheon over churches at Cheon overseas in the Asian area. And there's revival going on, and one of the biggest revivals in the world as far as growing the fastest mission field of Cambodia. There's great things happening right now in, in um, uh, Thailand. Um, there, I just talked to a missionary from Thailand. We went over there and did a meeting, did laid hands on people, prayed for people, and took a team with us and did prophetic uh, ministry on the streets. They went into a bar. One of the teams, we broke up, and we went into the streets. They went into bars. They went everywhere. And they wanted to do prophetic reading, you know, giving prophetic words on the street. But in the bars, they went in and said, just announce, we'd like to pray for people. And this an American was there and told him to sit down. And, the, and the, Cambo, uh, the Thai said, no, no, let him talk. And after two people got healed, they were lining up all the way out onto the street in that bar. And some of them, they're praying for free. And some said, no, we'll give you money. Let us, let us be prayed for. They were afraid they wasn't going, to get, wasn't going to get prayed for. And today, that was several years ago, that's happening all over uh, Thailand. And the, and the city that happened that was the world's largest, most famous or infamous city for tra- human trafficking and mm. prostitution, Pattaya in 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 uh, thailand and now there's just lots of people getting saved and those are just some of the stories that we're seeing so but you know what you know what i'm thinking as i'm hearing you say this randy is anyone that watches the news is is a great candidate for being depressed and a great candidate for not having hope but when i just listen to a little bit just a, a few minutes 
of what's happening before your very eyes. I think that trumps anything negative we see in politics, economics, terrorism, or anything else. What do you think? Well, I know that there's a revival going on in Iran. You talked about terrorists. But as people are seeing what the terrorists are doing, some of the Muslims, actually quite a few, are coming to the Lord. I was just in eastern uh, eastern part of Germany a few days ago, and there was Iranian groups there, and they they had you know escaped, and and some from Afghanistan and stuff, and a lot of them are are, are accepting the Lord, uh, and, and almost every one of them that had accepted the Lord had had a vision of Jesus, a dream about Jesus, when he just said, "I am the way," <laughs> you know, it is me, I am the true way to God. And there's this, it, but it's the supernatural side that's drawing the people. It's a, you know, for a long time our way of defending the faith or apologetics was based on reason. Now what we're seeing is so much more successful and fruitful is just the New Testament way that your faith may not rest on the reason of man, but on the power of God. Well, what's going to happen with our universities? I, I have two granddaughters in college, so I have a pretty good handle of what's going on in, in uh, universities in North America uh, and uh, short of a miracle of God. I don't see how these kids can survive, uh, but I believe that God has a plan for our universities. What do you think? Well, I'm, I know so. Um, as a matter of fact, I saw um, Heidi and uh, Che on, and Heidi Baker, they went to where um, Harvard, the MIT, Harvard, Yale. Hey, but, but, by the way, what's that noise I'm hearing in the background? Well, I went inside. Ah. You're hearing somebody blowing the, the they just, they're doing landscaping outside. I'm okay. moving away from it. Uh, okay, you're instant in season. Go <laughs> I'm ahead. inside now. Okay. So, but they did this meeting at the um, at a place well, actually in Harvard, but they did, they had done them in other places too, and a lot of the young people are getting just really touched by the power of God. So we hear the bad, but there's also a, a, I think a move amongst young people. Um, I I also believe that one day we'll see a lot of these people in the new age. There'll be a great harvest field like the hippies were at the Jesus movement time. That that a people group uh, looking at all the wrong places for peace and love, but anyway, once the Lord started moving, there was a great revival. The Jesus movement actually started there. I think something like that will happen in America and around the world right presently with people that's involved in New Age. They're going to be like uh, Simon the Great One in Acts chapter eight, who was a sorcerer. Once Philip showed up and he saw the more power than he had, he switched sides. Well, a few weeks ago, you had a very interesting prophetic word. What was that? That God was releasing uh, to me and to the ministry of, of Global Awakening. Uh, it was turning into a movement, and uh, a significant angel, uh, not just a normal angel, but like uh, uh, much stronger and this particular angel would prepare way, it'd break through, it'd prepare for enlargement, for growth, uh, for favor, and things that would be impossible to um, see in the natural. The, this angel was just going to take some of the opposition away. 
well, within a few days of uh, getting that prophetic word, you saw an amazing miracle. Tell me about that woman with schizophrenia. Well, it's an amazing story, and, and what I don't want to do is for anybody to take uh, away from this story that I'm saying that mental illness is uh, caused by demons or are usually caused. I think that'd be very naive, but I also think it's naive to, to think that it, it could never be caused by demon. So I said that because there's this woman and in Oshawa, um, Canada, and she, she went to the uh, embassy church there by, by Doug Schneider, who's a wonderful man of God, a Pentecostal uh, Assemblies of Canada church. And um, she, she got there late, and she was talking about something. That somebody said, I got a new book out. And so she went and bought it, took it home, and she didn't really read it. What she did, she looked at the table of contents, and she saw one chapter heading that thought that might apply to her. So she immediately went there, and before she had read four pages, she saw something as one of the things you can do to open yourself up to the demonic. She knew she had done that. So she went upstairs and took her Bible, put the Bible on the bed, made the bed her altar, knelt down, began to confess her sin, and, and then she just began to weep, and then she threw up, and within five, and I don't think you have to throw it to be delivered. I'm just telling the story. That's not my theology, but I'm just telling the story. And um, within five minutes of that happening, her daughter, who was in her mid-20s, who had had uh, five years ago, or maybe she's late 20s, but five years ago in 2010, she was in university in, uh, in Ontario, one of their finest universities, and she was stricken with schizophrenia. And over the last five years, it was getting worse. And the last eight months, she had become incommunicable. She'd say yes, no. Uh, she didn't want to get out of bed. She's severely depressed. Uh, she Basically, her mother felt like she had lost her daughter. She just was a very serious. She'd been to five mental hospitals, including the most prestigious hospital in Ontario, Canada, uh, the province. And... And so the girl comes in who's been incommunicative and had not, not, basically not getting out of bed. And she said, Mom, why are you crying? Why are you sad? Isn't my brother coming home next week? Shouldn't we go to the grocery store and get some stuff and prepare things for him and for his visit? And her mother was telling me this on Saturday night because it happened on Friday night. And she came to church on Saturday night and was telling me. And she's crying, and she, she's showing me in the book, this is what I read, this is what I read, this, and this is so help me. And, and, and then she says, I got my daughter back, and she just starts weeping, weeping. So Sunday morning, the daughter comes with her to church. I'm getting ready to go catch an airplane, just as we're leaving, and I, I, I just get to spend two minutes with her. But I, I, I give the pastor the heads up. He followed up to her that morning, and then the following week, and he's had, uh, I think, two, one of them was a half hour and another was over a half hour, dialogue. And, you know, he's not a psychiatrist, but if, if you've met schizophrenic people, it doesn't take long. You, can, you don't have to be a psychiatrist to know that they're schizophrenic. But anyway, he, he said, Randy, she's normal. When I talked to her, she seemed normal. She held a conversation. She didn't have that look in her eyes, you know. And so this girl, and, and, and Doug's getting, now he's getting a video of it, going to send it to me, uh, is just normal. 
She's been healed. Well, now, what's the, now. Poten- what's the potential of someone that has severe schizophrenia being healed by, by a simple prayer? <laughs> well, this is the second one. Several years ago, we had um, uh, another person who was, whose dad was uh, in a uh, five or five or six thousand member Southern Baptist Church, and he was on staff there as a pastor, one of the pastors. And uh, his daughter got healed in one of our meetings of, of, of severe uh, paranoid schizophrenia, um, obsessive compulsive disorder, and anorexia. And she got healed. So that's two. Well, I was telling that first story down in Brazil, and I had a psychiatrist on my team. We have often, we'll have doctors, we have people from all over the world come in on our teams. We've had five, 6,000 people go with us. Everybody that's gone, everybody gets a word of knowledge. Everybody sees people get healed when they pray, even those who have never done it. So he's on the team. And he motioned me over and he said, you don't have any idea of how miraculous that testimony is. This is my field. I'm a psychiatrist. If I was a normal doctor, the kind of testimony it would take to be as impressive or as Miraculous, as, as what you're telling about that girl with schizophrenia, as a person have to have their arm or leg cut off and it grow back. That's how it wow. just doesn't happen. That, that, that is phenomenal. But uh, I happen to believe that a lot, of, and I'm zeroing back on the college kids I was talking to you about earlier. Uh, yes, I have a particular burden there. Uh, they're into these uh, uh, Oriental, Eastern religions. They're into New Age. They are doing forbidden things, according to Deuteronomy 18, and opening themselves up to familiar spirits. And I think it's going to become common practice in churches that have the glory cloud over them that one of these kids walks in that's opened themselves up to the demonic, and maybe they're schizophrenic by now. Uh, and they're going to walk in one door and walk out the other door totally whole. That's the day I see coming. Well, my first... Several years ago, I told Omar Cabrera, who's a famous healing evangelist in Argentina, I was talking to his son, Omar Jr., and I said, there's one thing I haven't seen that I'm really contending for in schizophrenia, because there's a man in my church who had it and accidentally overdosed, and and he was like 32 years old, and we had this covenant. Every time I'd see him, I'd pray for him, because I'm just contending we're going to get a breakthrough in mental illness, in particular for schizophrenia. And... So it was, you know, it's, it's, I was telling Omar Jr. that, and he said, ask the woman that's seated across from me at this table her story. And when I did, she had been nominally Catholic in Argentina. She was diagnosed in a very wealthy family, and she's diagnosed with schizophrenia. And they, you know, I mean, they had factories. They had, you know, they had, they had lots of wealth. And they went to the best psychiatrists that there were in the country. And... And he he was, so she's going to have to be put in an institution, and they're not nice in Argentina. Uh, and so her friend, who's a, a Protestant Christian, takes her to church to see Omar. Now, on going through the threshold into the meeting where the people are worshiping, she on this side of the threshold, she is mentally ill, severe mental illness with schizophrenia. She steps across the threshold into the place where the people of God were worshiping, instantly healed in her right mind. You're you're describing what I have only been fantasizing about, but I know it's coming as real as the description you're giving me right now, Randy. 
I believe we're seeing the first fruits of these things now, and we'll see full-blown. You know, it's kind of like the hors d'oeuvre before the full meal. <laughs> well, speaking so. about the full meal, uh, Randy takes a lot of interns with him uh, throughout the world. And these young kids, they sit down and they take a course on the supernatural from Randy. He prays a prayer of impartation, and they go through. To, they go to places like Brazil and Mozambique, and you know, all over the world. And they start doing what he's doing. So he's finally put together a curriculum for everyone. It's um, brand new. It's called the Power to Heal. It includes the book. It includes, uh, if you want to do it as a Bible study, uh, a leader's guide. A, if you want to do it individually, a study guide, a whole DVD uh, st uh, study, and a special bonus book that's going to answer a lot of questions that you have. And uh, the new book is When Healing Doesn't Happen, either for yourself or someone you're praying for. And he comes up with ideas uh, that... I've really never seen put together. They're going to be so helpful uh, for you. So we're offering that curriculum package, and that would be just like him coming over your house and personally equipping you uh, for ministry. Uh, and, of course, the best part, there is a prayer for impartation. We'll, we'll pray sometime on something more, a prayer of impartation, but you'll be able to pray this over and over over again this prayer of impartation we're going to put that in it would uh, the retail value is uh, about $120 if you were to buy this but we're making it available for an investment and I do say investment because any profits are poured into Jewish ministry I mean and I don't know a more significant thing than right now when the spiritual scales are coming off of the eyes of Jewish people and off of the eyes of our cousins Muslims as Randy just told you uh, so I really want to get this into your hands I'd love you to do a Bible study for your neighbors your family uh, if you if you have a Sunday school class but if it's just you you need it for yourself so that you'll be walking in health. And for, to me, it is the greatest way in the world to evangelize anyone from any religion. Uh, and we'll be back, right back with something more. Call our order-only line, 1-800-447-2697. 1-800-447-2697. Sid Roth here with Dr. Randy Clark with something more, and I know you want something more <laughs> after that first segment. Uh, Randy, uh, you uh, were rebuked by the Lord. You were doing, uh, uh, you, were, you were praying or talking about raising the dead. What, what, what happened? Uh, Sid, what I was doing is I had a sermon, and it's called The Biblical Basis of Healing, during which, while I'm teaching this, the message for People who feel the anointing stand up. I say, I bless you in Jesus' name. They sat back down. The Lord just told me he'd heal people from the Word. So I was reviewing the Scriptures, and in, in Matthew 10, it, it says, you know, uh, that we're to heal the sick and cleanse the lepers, and, and it also has, and raise the dead. And I, I was just struggling with that because this was like, you know, 19 years ago, and uh, is after Toronto, but I'm still struggling with it because that first year after Toronto, we didn't see as many healings as uh, beginning of the second year. And 
So the Lord spoke to me in my heart, just not not like an audible voice, but in, I could knew it was Him. As there's been a handful of these times, it's just so strong, and He was the Lord. Uh, very, and He said, uh, "You don't like that verse, do you?" And I said, "No, Lord," because I'd have a tendency to lower my voice and said to raise the dead part. <laughs> and it was embar- I said, "Lord, this is embarrassing." Well, to the look, church. most people listening to us right now, if someone was deaf or if someone was blind, uh, they would hope someone else laid hands on them. They don't want to. So I understand what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, I, I said, "Lord, this is embarrassing. We're trying to get the sick healed, and you're telling us to raise the dead. Do you realize what an embarrassment that is to the church that you've got it? Couldn't you've left this this out?" And strongest day. Uh, the 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 Lord spoke to me. He said, "It's kind of interesting because Pentecostals and Charismatics, by other parts of the church, are considered to be experience-based rather than word-based. And that's an accusation. I think it's a false accusation, but it is a character. It's a caricature of Pentecostal Charismatics. So the Lord, I said that because what the Lord said to me was so um, interesting. He said, "Don't you dare." And it was strong. Don't you dare become an experience-based preacher that you will only preach what you've experienced. You preach my word, even if you're experienced, you haven't experienced it yet, you're not experienced the dead being raised yet, but you preach my word whether you've experienced it yet. You let, my, you let your experience rise to my word, but don't you dare bring my word down to the level of your experience. Boy, that got my attention. And I taught on uh, for the first that time takes, in my life. By the way, that takes all the pressure off of you, Randy. Yeah. Completely. <laughs> it, was, it made me nervous, though. <laughs> okay. But anyway, I, so I, I only knew two two stories then of the dead being raised. I didn't know. I mean, Heidi hadn't started. Uh, she hadn't been touched yet. So I told those two stories. And within six months, one of the guitar players, a young man, had a five-year-old son or a very young son on a tricycle. He got hit by a car. He was killed. His dad had just graduated EMT school, emergency medical tra- technician. He knew how to recognize the signs of death. And then he remembered the teaching. So he called for his boy to come back into his body by name. And, uh, uh, he, and, and he did. And he was, he was you know, he was uh, gone for quite a while and they met a back team and as a result of it though when it should have, when it should have taken many many year uh, months for the bones to be healed he's many many he's in a body cast uh within just a few weeks they went in to check to see if the bones were just beginning to heal and they were totally healed already and they just cut the whole cast off hmm. and, and you realize randy if you hadn't said I am not experience-based, I'm word-based. If God hadn't told you that, you would have never preached that. If you had never preached that, that little boy would have been remained dead. That's correct, because the father knew, and he heard the teaching, and he, and he did what, he, what I taught. Now we have, you know, quite a few stories. Uh, uh, matter of fact, we had a woman healed at the Voice of the Apostles in Orlando, Florida, two years ago that was like 14 years of severe pain. And she had died and saw her out of the body, saw herself there. And uh, through uh, prayers, the Lord gave her a choice. He could go back, but if she went back, she was, I don't understand this part, would go back into that body of pain 
which had been a, a terrible, terrible pain with nerves had been crushed and stuff. And uh, But she had a little boy, so she went back. And then for many more, several more years, not many, but several more years, she's still in this pain. And the guy who gave me the word about the night before Toronto, Richard Holcomb, saw her, prayed for her, and she gets one of the most miraculous healings uh, I've ever heard about. And she's just totally healed, and she's a personal assistant to a pastor of a 5,000-member church that doesn't believe in miracles today. Once the pastor, and he was very highly educated, saw her, his personal assistant, so healed, he's become open to the supernatural. And it's a huge cessationist church. How... How many miracles have you had since uh, these impartations and the, and miracles have started? I, 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 give me an approximation. I, 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 I make a distinction between miracles and healing. Healings, miracles well, I'm not going to make a distinction. I'm okay. going to say well, put them both together. They're both All supernatural. I know is there's several hundred thousand, and just, just a few years ago after I talked to you, you said I was a fool because I told you about all the stuff I see. And he said, Randy, you're a fool. I said, what? He said, you need to have a camera. And so I went out and bought cameras. And and since then, we have hours and hours and hours of video of of people's testimonies. And what usually happens, we just have the first first group to get healed to come up and give testimony. And we don't have time to to video everybody else. And so out of that, since um, 2009, I have uh, three over 300 pages of single-spaced, 12-point uh, type uh, testimonies of just the video that we have that's uh, transcribed. And for every testimony I have on video, we probably have 10 to 20 that happened that night we didn't get on video. Now, what about, what about salvations when people see all of these miracles? Uh, well, the, uh, just one, several years ago, I was in a church about 8,000 down in Medellin. And um, I told the pastor, I trained about 100 people in their church uh, to be on the ministry team. And I, and I told him, and he did, he'd announced it for several weeks in advance that we were going to do uh, uh, an hour before church started. We were going to pray for, I say we in the sense of the 100 people I trained in myself, we were going to pray for blind death, can't walk without an aid, or terminally ill. And that's all we're all going to pray for. So we get to focus on the more severe cases for the first hour. Well, then worship started, went for an hour, and we continued to pray in the back. I went up to the pastor, and I said, uh, his name was Andrew McMillan. I said, Andrew, I feel like we're supposed to, uh, let me give an invitation right now. I'm not going to preach a sermon. There, all there's been is worship and the people in the back praying for the sick. Let me give an invitation. I did. He gave me permission. I gave the invitation. Hundreds of people got saved, and he came, and the church is 20-some-odd years old, 23 years old, I think. He said, that's the most we ever had. And there was no sermon. Well, well, you know, know, the anointing is so strong on you, Randy, right now. I don't know if you realize it even, but it's it's an awesome anointing that I'm I'm getting the— uh, the backlash of it, if you will, or the good lash <laughs> of it. And, uh, people's bones are being healed right now. I mean, teeth are being healed, backs in particular, uh, necks, spines. Uh, uh, Randy, are you catching anything right now? Well, I think someone is uh, 
receiving a healing for a complication that's dealing like like a something like tuberculosis, but it's a complication from it. Uh, I don't know if they got it in a mission field or whatever. I know that's pretty much eradicated here in our country, but that's one of the things I believe that God is showing me is uh, is taking place. Um, also, kidney stones. Uh, one of the things we've seen is people get healed, of ki- pray for kidney stones, and before the service is over, they go to the bathroom, pass the stone, hmm. they'll scoop them out, clean them off, wash them off, show them to us. And one guy just recently, um, well, within the last year anyway, uh, I had a doc- several doctors with me on the team, and the stone that he passed was four times bigger than the opening, the urethra, that it had to go through. And there was no pain or blood. And he's, the doctor said, and I've got a picture of it, it's as, it's as long as the dime is wide and about a third the size of the dime uh, width. And the doctor said, that'd be like a woman having a 19-pound baby. But the guy didn't have any pain or passing blood. Um, so I believe that there's kidney stones uh, being healed right yeah, right now. Uh, and, you know the uh, miracle that happens quite often in your ministry that uh, uh, it, it's still, I'm in awe over it, and that is people who have metal plates, it'll turn to bone. Uh, you, How many did you document you told me the last time we interviewed you? Well, we have between now 13, between 1,300 and 1,400, I kind of lost track, people uh, who have had chronic pain or loss of range of motion who got healed at least 80% and are able to do what they couldn't. Now, uh, I'm not saying it's turned to bone. I'm not, I'm not saying that the metal's disappearing because I can't prove that. Right. But I can prove that they can do things that they could not do, uh, that, that the metal made it impossible to do, actually. Uh, well, well you know, the best, the best way to prove it is go to an airport and you have an artificial hip and all of a sudden they don't stop you when you go through the uh, x-rays. But one of the things, I, I, I sent a video to you, you have a link to it, but we have this girl in January, uh, she had a, a large uh, steel bar put in her forearm and up near the elbow there's a bump that's about the size of a, a jumbo egg the, underneath the skin, and that's where the metal's at. And her friend is a, just a young girl in her 20s, is, is, or maybe late teens, is praying for it. And it, the girl is testifying that was praying for it, not just the girl that had it. And they're kind of be, beside themselves with excitement because the girl keeps saying, it disappeared, it just disappeared. And then they... I was excited, but man, they finally, they, they came later and they showed me a picture of the before, of that big lump there. And I, I was thinking maybe a grape, you know, mm-hmm. but, you know, this is like a jumbo egg or a lemon. It's huge. And it instantly just disappeared. So I do believe stuff like that's happening. I, I, I can't prove it. They don't have any medical evidence other than I got the picture and the people themselves saying I was in this much pain. And, and of course, I have had a couple of serious spinal injuries myself from a car accident and then classic travelers back, and I got healed six years ago when I was basically going to have to leave the ministry or leave the traveling ministry. The doctor said never get on another plane. But a guy saw a vision of me down in New Orleans, and I was in Pennsylvania, 
and he saw an open vision. He did. Exa- he's awake. He did in a church service. He did exactly everything the Lord showed him. He saw my spine and saw where the stuff had squirted out of my disc. Had three herniated discs and two pinched nerves. And he prayed. And in the morning, when I woke up, I was healed. And a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, just had back surgery for that same nerve. And it takes over three years after surgery. Uh, uh, Randy, or, our, our, our time is slipping away. We're, we'll pick okay. up here on, uh, when we come back for something more. But uh, I, I have to tell you, when Jesus said, you will do the same works I have done and even greater, he meant it. Now, if God can use Randy and the people he trains Look how he wants, his, his heart is to start using you. So I can't wait to get uh, this uh, Power to Heal curriculum into your hands. It's his brand new book. It's, uh, if you want to do it as a Bible study with others, there's a leader's guide and a study guide. If you want to do it individually yourself, a DVD study uh, and a bonus. Uh, uh, the bonus includes a brand new book by Randy called uh, when healing doesn't happen, I mean, what, what do you do when you're praying for someone and they're not healed? Or you're praying for yourself and you're not healed? I've, I know all of you have been questioning things like that, but we're going to, and, and we're going to have a bonus. Uh, the bonus is a prayer of impartation on CD. And when you have this uh, uh, impartation, I want you to listen to it over and over and over again because <laughs> amazing things are happening uh, where he's not even there in person laying hands on you. So we're making the entire package which would sell for a retail value of $115. But I tell you, this is an investment of $69 investment because all profits are poured into Jewish ministry at this set time to favor Zion. Uh, I, 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 I have to tell you, of all the people I know, uh, the one that has the strongest uh, faith for impartation is Dr. Randy Clark. And, uh, I mean, the, uh, look at all of these people that have worldwide ministries that he's prayed for. Uh, what about you? What about if when we come back for something more, I'll have him pray this prayer of impartation over you. Be right back with something more. Call our order-only line, 1-800-447-2697. 1-800-447-2697. Hello, Sid Roth here with something more. My guest, Dr. Randy Clark. And uh, Randy, in your uh, brand new book, Power to Heal, uh, you, you talk about a five-step prayer model, uh, and, and you make it very clear uh, that God isn't limited. To, you can't put God in a box, not formulas. But what results are people having that follow your five-step prayer model? I've had people from all over the world and many language groups. They said it's just a simple way to give them an understanding of how they could start learning how to see what the Father's doing, how to how to hear, how to, how to know how to pray, uh, give them language, give them... It's been very successful. We even take kids as young as 13 years old to Brazil every year, uh, 13 to 29, and they'll have usually um, somewhere between five and 8,000 healings happen that uh, two weeks that they're down there. 
And so these are kids, are, are young people. Uh, we've had 80-year-olds learning, and uh, it just helps them feel like, oh, I know how to start. As a matter of fact, I can't say who, it, he probably wouldn't appreciate it if I did, but a, a key educator at, at an American seminary was recently in a country, and they asked him to pray for the sick, which is something that he told me. He said, if I hadn't, if you hadn't, if I hadn't met you, and you hadn't told me some of, about this five-step prayer model, I would have known where to begin. But because you had, I was comfortable. I was able to do it, and uh, we saw people get healed. So, All right, let, let's, it, wait, let's wet our appetite a little bit. Tell me what step one of the five-step model is. The interview. What does that and mean? Finding out what's wrong, what's your name, uh, when did it start, what's the di- you got a doctor's diagnosis. Uh, uh, and then in the interview, I also tell them things about what they might feel, they might not feel, and to tell me if they begin to sense anything happening, and that's pretty well the interview. Uh, you know, your approach is so simplistic. Uh, as you said, children follow what, what you have to say. Uh, in, in fact, uh, I, want, I want to make the curriculum available to you. It's just like going to one of Brandy's uh, seminars and then going on a missions trip with him uh, because the training is actually even more thorough with this because uh, you have the brand new book. You have the whole curriculum, the uh, study guide, the DVD series, the uh, bonus uh, brand new book. Uh, when healing doesn't happen to you or the person you're praying for. Uh, and I'm going to tell you something. I wish I had had this uh, 40-some years ago when I started as a believer. I, I didn't have, well, I wasn't as messed up as you, Randy. I wasn't taught that miracles are not for today. Uh, so you had to overcome all, a lot more than me in that sense. But, but there, were, there was no one teaching these things. I, I, I would hate to tell you. Uh, what I went through when I had words of knowledge and I didn't know what to do with it because no one else was talking about uh, those things. But you cover from A to Z everything they need to be able to function in the healing ministry. And that is normal. Everything you read in the Bible about Jesus, it's available to you according to the Bible. And it, Jesus paid the price for every sickness, uh, every disease, and every sin. Uh, read about it in the 103rd Psalm. Uh, and so we want to make this entire curriculum available to you, uh, plus a special uh, CD with a prayer of impartation for an investment of $69. Um, something that intrigues me no end. Why do you have such a gift, Randy, for impartation? That is, praying the same things that are going on with you will go on with other people. Uh, I, I mean, is, is there... Why you? I don't know. I, all I know, Sid, is that I don't deserve it. There's a lot more people that's more holy than me, have more faith than me. All I know is when I was a pastor of a small little church, a Baptist church, met John Wimber, he heard the audible voice of God tell him the first two times we, he met me that, that God was going to send me one day around the world to lay hands on pastors and leaders and people to be stirred up and activated in the gifts of the Spirit or be filled with the Spirit. And so 10 years later, when Toronto happened, John Wimber called me and said, this is what God showed me about you mm. 10 years ago. It starts now. So in one sense, I've just, you know, God chose me. 
And, he, and sometimes he chooses the foolish and weak things to confound the wise and strong. Uh, so I really don't know. I'm just glad uh, that he did. I'm glad it happens. Uh, uh, but uh, I, I've got a list of a half a dozen people that have worldwide ministries uh, that you have prayed prayers of impartation over, even some you prophesied over. But the truth of the matter is, uh, when I have you pray in a moment, if the people are receptive It'd be the same as you laying hands on them, and you've had that happen to people. Uh, would you teach for about two minutes on impartation and then pray? Yes, uh, I will. But let me let's say one other thing before I do that. Uh, Said you mentioned your curriculum stuff that you're you're, you're selling. Yes. One of them has uh, the same book. Also has Word of Knowledge. Let me say this: every time I've taught on Word of Knowledge. Every time without fail since 1984, when the, the one week after I learned about it, people were activated in the gift of Word of Knowledge. I know without a shadow of a doubt, people who read that part, that chapter about Word of Knowledge, they will start having words of knowledge. Now, about impartation. Uh, it's in the Bible. Paul said to the Romans, I wanted to come to you that I might uh, uh, lay my hands upon you to impart some spiritual gift to you. Uh, he talks to Timothy, stir up the gift you see through laying on of my hands uh, in Second in Timothy 1, uh, 6. In First Timothy 4.14, he says, uh, do not neglect the gifts within you through the prophetic message of the presbytery uh, when they laid their hands upon you. Uh, so Paul himself received uh, the filling of the Spirit through laying on hands of Ananias. The Samaritans received, the believers in Samaria, Philip's revival, they received the Holy Spirit when Peter and John laid their hands upon him. Uh, it was really interesting about Paul. Ananias was not an apostle. He was just a, uh, a regular guy, a Christian, that was used to, to impart to the great man who had become the apostle Paul. So throughout the New Testament and in the Old Testament, Moses said to, for the, your uh, Jewish listeners, Moses said, uh, God said to Moses in 11, Numbers eleven seventeen, gather the elders together, the tent of meeting, and I will come down, and I will take of the Spirit that's on you, and I will put it on them, and they will help you carry the burden of the people. And when it happened, the spirit of prophecy came upon them, they prophesied, and then they retained the gift of wisdom to govern the people with, the 70 elders. Then in Deuteronomy 34, 9, it says, um, um, Joshua, the son of Nun, received the spirit of wisdom because Moses laid his hands on him. So you can have impartation with laying on of hands or you can have it without the laying on of hands, but it's very, very biblical. And um, in the history of the church at different times, in the earliest days of the liturgy, after you were baptized, you came out of the baptismal water. They prayed a prayer of deliverance, and then they laid hands on you and prayed that you would be baptized or filled with the Holy Spirit and gifts activated. And 400 years later, in the time of Augustine, he even writes about how that's still happening in his day. So there's a little bit from just a little bit of the Bible and a little bit of uh, uh, church history. Uh, you, can, you can track in church history famous people who prayed for others. And they got an impartation. Well, one more. Elijah prayed for Elisha, and Elisha got a double portion like he asked for uh, the, uh, the mantle or the power that was on Elijah and did twice as many miracles. So in the law, in the prophets, uh, in the gospel, and in the book of Acts, 
and in the epistles, it's there. I'm telling you, the presence of God is currently flowing like a river for impartation. And if you will believe, you are going to receive some of that spirit that is on Dr. Randy Clark. Yeah, if they would just close their eyes and hold their hands out in front of them. Father, in Jesus' name, I bless all those who are listening. Lord, those who had faith to just position themselves before you, uh, but close their eyes and just give, give this time to you. Oh, Lord, I pray for your gifts to be activated in them. Lord, I pray that they would feel your presence, your power, your anointing. God, that you'd begin to activate words of knowledge. And, Lord, uh, even if you activate them, I pray that they'd learn how to recognize them. Because if you activate them, they don't know what they are. They won't, they won't, they won't, they'll be moving them, but they'll not know how to recognize them. So I pray, God, that you just orchestrate things so they could get the teaching as well. And I pray, Father, in Jesus' name, that there'd be gifts of healing come. God, some people's hands would just uh, get hot. Uh, if, if you're listening and your hands get really hot, or if there's a, you don't have a, a condition that causes your hand to sweat in the natural, you know, if you have that, that doesn't count. But if your hands don't do that, now all of a sudden during this prayer, your hands begin to get moist and you begin to see uh, oil like coming on them. That's a sign of a very strong anointing. And Father, I thank you that I saw that of a little girl in Vermont. I saw it recently, a couple of weeks ago in Montana, a couple of years ago, this guy, this Baptist pastor in in um, uh, Brazil, and we prophesied to him. And Lord, you fulfilled that prophecy and said, in one, you're going to go to all the nations in Latin America. He'd never been out of the country. And Lord, within one year, you'd take him to every country in Latin America. And he's seeing great miracles. God, I thank you that I pray for people, and they get more than I have. I thank you, God. I prayed for a woman pastor that saw a hundred deaf ears open in one year, and I hadn't seen near that. God, this man I'm talking about, this charismatic Baptist guy that got this fresh anointing, Lord, he's seen over a hundred deaf ears open, over a hundred blind eyes, over 60 people get out of wheelchairs. Uh, Lord, he he lost track over after a hundred cancer patients were healed. Lord, that's much more than I've had. And I pray, God, that there would be somebody listening that would receive an impartation to step out in faith, and Lord, they too would would become one of the new persons that's going to be used all over the world or just even even all all over the block but they would see people start getting getting healed i pray for the gift of prophecy to be released i pray for words of knowledge to be released and gifts of healing gifts of faith your faith the faith of god in jesus name those gifts of faith create miracles in the name of jesus thank you god amen Randy, I want, I've just been thinking about this, and I want you to tell me about it. Uh, you received a, a great impartation from many people, but one in particular, Rodney Howard Brown, the summer of 93. And then literally four months later, you go to Toronto, that first meeting. Uh, tell me what you remember of that first meeting in Toronto. Well, there wasn't very many people there. Between 120 and 160. It was a storefront, uh, as I understand, which then became the the Air Toronto uh, Airport Church. Yes, uh, when I first went there, the sanctuary had seat 400, 300 in the overflow. Uh, a few months later, they built a, bought a place that seat 5,000. They had explosive growth. Um, 
But I remember one woman, the first guy, the very first man that got so touchy, shaking all over, he became a missionary in Russia. Hmm. Uh, One of the first women that was uh, laughing and on the floor, and I walked away from the Lord, said, go back and tell her she's been sad too long. I found out later that she had terminal illness and had been fighting terminal illness for years. And that moment, the joy of the Lord came on her, and she laughed for hours. She got totally healed of her terminal condition. And now she has a ministry uh, going particularly into uh, Scandinavia. And it was actually, she actually laid hands on it, didn't know it, but the, a nine-month wo- a woman, nine-month pregnant, had just been told her baby had died in the womb, was going to have to have a stillbirth. She doesn't know that, walked up to the woman in the meeting, lays her hands on her abdomen, prays, just blessing this baby, not knowing it's dead. Two years later, when she went back to that church in that city, the little miracle boy came and jumped in her arms that came to life while dead in the womb. And that's the second person in Toronto that that, uh, was, was powerfully touched. I have to believe the most amazed person, now you had had several meetings before that where the same things were going on, but you had no guarantee that it would continue going on. Did you think it would just stop after a few meetings? I actually did when I, I mean, I had a prophetic word that gave me courage that was going to be very powerful, but I had no idea how powerful. I mean, just I just thought of while you were I mean, millions of people went to that little storefront church, except it wasn't storefront anymore. They expanded. I think yeah. the world is starving for the real thing, Randy. They're starving yeah. for what we read in the Bible. They're starving for what was normal at the first church. And if it was normal at the first church, how much more do we need it at the return of the Messiah? Yes. And he said, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And out of his belly flow rivers of living water. He talked about, and John said this, he spoke of the Holy Spirit, which has not yet been given because Jesus had not yet been glorified a term in John's gospel that means he hadn't been glorified by being lifted up on the cross, lifted up in the resurrection, and lifted up in the ascension so that the Father then would pour out the Spirit and we'd receive the Father's promise or the promise of the Father. So John is saying for us to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, for these gifts to become active in our life, that couldn't happen until after, not after the cross and the resurrection ascension. So the cross is not just about forgiveness. It is about forgiveness, but it's more. And it's not just a, about uh, healing. It is about healing, but it's more. It's about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the new covenant that Jeremiah and Ezekiel had spoken of was contingent upon the cross, the resurrection, and the ascension. And then the Father's promises poured out the new covenant that the Jewish prophets had spoken of. I, You know what? If you have been listening and you don't know that you know the Messiah, you do not know that you'll go to heaven when you die, this is your moment. This is the time. It says in uh, the Weiss translation, this is eternal life that you might know him. Uh, Like Adam knew Eve, had intimacy with Eve. This is eternal life, that you might know the Messiah, that you might know God the Father. If you'll say this prayer and believe it to the best of your ability, 
God will meet you right where you are. Repeat out loud with me. Dear God, out loud, dear God, I'm a sinner. Against you and you alone have I sinned. And I'm so sorry. I believe the blood of Messiah Jesus washes away my sins. And I am clean. And now that I am clean, I ask my Messiah and Lord Jesus to come and live inside of me. Take over my life. I make you Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. I tell you this, if you said the prayer and you meant it, God is not a man that he should lie. And the creator of the universe is living inside of you. Well, that was something more. To place a credit card order for today's offer, call anytime at 1 800 447 2697. That's 1 800 447 2697. Or log on to our website at www.sidroth.org. To hear this week's interview or watch archives of our television show, It's Supernatural, visit our website at www.sidroth.org. That's www.sidroth.org. Discover how you can begin watching for free our 24-hour, 7-day-a-week TV network, ISN, the It's Supernatural Network. You can write me at Sid Roth, Post Office Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. That's Sid Roth, Post Office Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278.